The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. Amen. Today's lesson is from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames." But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send, me to, my, or to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The ending doesn't support Jesus very much, does it? <laughs> I'm not going to preach on that. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Oh, Jesus. From time to time on Wednesday mornings, uh, well after the ID and the birth certificate ministry is, is done, I'll be sitting at my desk in my office, and someone will appear at my office door, outside my office door, late, and ask for help with the ID and the birth certificate uh, vouchers. 99.9% of the time, I help without hesitation. However... There are those moments, dependent, dependent upon what I am doing, or if I've had a rough morning, if someone has renamed me with an F-bomb or two, <laughs> moments when I do not want to help, I do not wish to be interrupted, plus the person standing at the door is two to three hours late. This isn't Target. I still help. 
a little begrudgingly, I help. And what always tips me over the edge to help is Lazarus in today's parable. Perhaps you also have biblical characters that you carry or not, but I carry Lazarus, Lazarus with me. I think about him a lot, which might sound peculiar. I think about him when I leave Orange Theory and I see a person sitting on the sidewalk. I think about him when I'm driving home and I see a per- person pushing a cart or someone standing at an exit ramp with a sign. Um, I think about him when I read studies, statistics pertaining to homelessness and suicide rates um, of LGBTQI youth. I think about him when I watch a young mother you know, feed her infants uh, crushed potato chips because she doesn't have formula. I don't know if he's haunting me or he's guiding me, but I think about him a lot. And in all sincerity, he bridges the chasm for me between a stance of indifference and a stance of grace. And I believe that's the heart of today's parable. Acknowledging and dealing with the chasms that separate us from one another. Will we stand on the side of indifference? Or will we stand on the side of of grace? From its beginning to its end, today's parable is full of divisions and separations. There's the gate at the beginning. On one side of the gate lies Lazarus, covered in sores and dog spit, hungry, alone, and unable to walk. On the other side of the gate, the rich man, dressed in finery, feasting, indifferent to the suffering laying outside of his gate. And then there's the chasm at the end, separating the comforted Lazarus and the tormented rich man. Gates, chasms, it's all the same thing. The chasm that separates Lazarus and the rich man in the next world is simply a manifestation of the gate that separated them in this world. Which the rich man carried with him into the next world. The separation, the indifference, that gate was a part of him. And we can understand the gate as a condition of the human heart. The gate that becomes a chasm, it exists within us before it exists between us. And we erect these gates We reinforce these gates. We inherit these gates. Gates of ethnicity, gates of religiosity, gates of social economic status, gates of gender, gates of of sexuality. And they divide and they destroy and they impede our ability to engage in loving, life-giving relationships. I believe 
Every one of us in this room, every one of us, has at least one gate. Probably two. Maybe four. (laughs) That you need to open. And if you think otherwise, I say to you, look again. Because you're lying to yourself. And so the work before us begins by looking inward and acknowledging and naming our gates, our fears, our attachments, our beliefs that encourage us and allow us to compartmentalize and dismiss life, life different from our own. Because the truth is, how we see in the world, what we see in the world is nothing more than a manifestation of our inner life. And more often than not, our vision is selective and myopic. We typically see only that which brings us comfort. We typically see only that which permits us to still feel superior to others. We see only that which doesn't cost us too much doesn't demand too much of us. Or we see that which reaffirms our own beliefs. Our vision is often selective and myopic. When I set out to build Stone Village, I had this dream of creating a space, a community, where all people knew love and were encouraged to embrace their sacred worth without condition, without condition. And yet in a short time, I came to realize I was naive. I was blind to many lives. The weight of many lives. And I had internal work to do. I had gates that I needed to open. For instance, I had these preconceived notions about transgender lives. They weren't bad, they weren't discriminatory, but they were limiting. They were, there was an absence of depth to my understanding. And I could not permit those notions to remain in place if my goal was to see and to love unconditionally, if this table was going to be wide enough for everyone. And so I had to acknowledge, I had to name, I had to do the hard work of deconstruction and reconstruction. I had to recalibrate my life in the way that I see, if I was going to walk alongside a transgender life. The rich man's offense in today's parable is not wickedness. He was not cruel to Lazarus, not in a malicious way. His offense, however, was his blindness. 
he was blind to the life, the human suffering on the other side of his gate. He gave no agency to Lazarus' life. He asked no questions. He offered no help. He gave no time and no space. And I imagine for Lazarus, lying there day after day, covered in dog spit, that the rich man's indifference his blindness felt like death. For a life that is unseen, a life that is unvalued, a life without agency can easily be understood as a life not worth living. Think about that every time you walk by someone sitting on a sidewalk. Uh, seeing one another in all of our pain, in all of our vulnerability, in all of our desperation, in all of our brokenness, is one of the greatest gifts we can give to a life. Over the course of my life in ministry, as both a pastor and as a chaplain, I've come to learn a profound truth. True seeing begins here. It begins in your heart. It has nothing to do with your eyes. And then you have everything that you need to see life. All life. Parables like today's teach us about God's intention for the world. And they also offer us a glimpse into our potential to know and live life differently. Everyone has the potential to be a good neighbor. Every day you have the potential to be a good neighbor to live in proximity to those who are hurting, to those who are suffering needlessly, to those who need a sliver of grace to make it through the day. However, every day you have to decide whether you will stand on the side of indifference or you will stand on the side of grace. Will your gates be opened or will they remain closed? Will you dare to look at life different from your own, or will you remain blind? Lazarus is the only character in all of Jesus' parables who has a name. Did you know that? Only character in all of his parables that has a name. And his name, when translated, means God helps. I believe that God helps by opening our eyes to those who are different from ourselves. I believe that God helps by training our eyes on the most vulnerable and gives us the courage to respond with grace. 
I believe that God helps by giving us all we need to be faithful. And I believe that God helps bridge the gap between two human beings so the God in me can see the God in you. God helps. Accept God's help. Thanks be to God. Amen.